Okay, you guys heard that, right? Yeah, sounds like it was coming from right behind you. Not funny. Guys, get it together. We're trying to do a podcast here. Hey, Booth, welcome back to another episode of Blue Busters Podcast. Today, we're going to be discussing the terrifying legend of the Robu Road. Good job, Emmy. That was really good. It's a werewolf. It's a werewolf. I love werewolves. I um, honestly wouldn't have guessed that. What would you have guessed it was? An oh, evil part of it. A ghost, too. You could see that, though. What did you say about him? <laughs> an evil piece of pasta. <laughs> I said an evil pumpkin. I was like, oh. <laughs> like okay. I was like, yeah, totally. <laughs> uh, how's everybody doing this week? I don't remember. I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> were you sick at all this week, Emmy? I don't think you were. I don't think so. That's good. Were you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> were you a cookie? No. No? Good. We went to Phantoms by Firelight. How um, was that? I think Spooky. Honestly, I was not expecting it to be like that because that one year that we went for Emily's birthday, they did nothing. And then yeah. when we went this past time, they had like all sorts of stuff going on. They had oh, like wow. a big funeral going on in there. Oh shit! And Emily was like, "I am not ready to rehash this trauma." <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys do anything else? I tried to get them to go on mini golfing, but Emily didn't want to go. Emily figured out your fucking silly little thing. It would have been <laughs> so cool. I feel like imagine be- haunted mini golf. That is iconic. <laughs> Although I probably would have tripped and hurt myself because I would have been trying to mini golf and then they would have been chasing me with their chainsaws. I would laugh scream. so fucking hard. I'd be like, that bitch deserved it. If someone was trying to <laughs> if someone tried to like come up with a chainsaw when I was trying to mini golf, I'd probably just pass away right there. That would um, really traumatize you because you already don't like mini golf. <laughs> I cannot I cannot do chainsaws. <laughs> yeah, and mini golf is the worst thing in the entire world. <laughs> No, oh my god, yes, we're not. Me anyway. We need to unpack <laughs> that trauma, Bob. <laughs> That's part of what made my therapist cry. <laughs> Stop. It is not. It is not. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we also carved our um, pumpkins today too. Oh no, yeah, I saw it. We snapped those fun. Yeah. Tell me why Jeffrey was being so dramatic and acting like he didn't want to. But then he came up here and he was being the one that was most into it. <laughs> His was lucky, really funny. Yeah, He's so funny. And then, well, we all fucked up because we saw a TikTok hack that was like, if you cut the bottom, it's supposed to be easier. No, it is not. I thought it was. Well, no, because then when we were, when mom and I were trying to move them and put the candles in them, it was hard to like get it the way that we wanted it to be. Mm-hmm. So I'm not doing that again, TikTok. She says nothing. What did you um, do, Bobby? I photographed a wedding yesterday. That was yeah, fun. You did. That you was... had your family Halloween party too. Yeah, you had your family Halloween party. That was fun. Did you get anybody? Oh damn. 
Like yeah, I don't really need to go there. No, I won That's best a shame. costume though. I was gonna say, I was gonna say, did you guys do a costume I contest? won best costume. What else did I what else did I win? Um uh, I wasn't allowed to win two, so they had to pick the second winner and That's rude. yeah. Sore losers, haters. For real. You should But have bought them. uh, yeah. That freaking <laughs> movie that you and I watched had me shook it. That okay, cowboy so movie. I definitely fell asleep during part of You it. did. You did. And like, it was like the end and you fell asleep. And I was, <laughs> that's when like everything started going down. And But I was like, oh my God, then I'm going to be missing this. <laughs> my mom and I watched it again. So I was I like, was oh, just okay. thinking Yeah. those parents were like, I don't even know what to say because they had their fucking monster ass daughter locked away in their basement or their walls of their house or whatever. Yeah, spoiler alert. Why would you not tell your son and be like, hey, there's a scary fuck locked in the walls. Don't talk to her. <laughs> because Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> and like, then he started talking about her and they didn't explain anything to him. And they just like yelled at him and was like low-key abusive. And then everything went down. And I was like, you know what? yeah. I can't even feel bad for you too because you brought this on yourselves. Okay, so like. 55 minutes into this movie, these parents, like, get killed. The kid, like, you know, kills Yeah. them off. Then I'm like, what else is going to happen the last Yeah. 25 Bobby was minutes? like, is that it? I'm like, what the fuck are they going to do for the next 20 minutes? Well, let <laughs> me tell you what they did. they were doing a lot <laughs> of stuff. the okay, and I also don't get, how old was the sister? Because the parents weren't that old. Yeah. And she, at one point, was talking with, like, a child voice. And then she was talking with, like, an old lady voice. And I was like, what is happening? Yeah. <laughs> Um... Also, the um, mom in the movie is Janice Ian from Mean Girls. Mean Girls. And Janice Ian did not look like Janice Ian anymore, which no, I mean, she did good for not. you, girl. She, she um, she did really good though. Like she was spooky. I liked Mm. a lot of the. It kind of felt like oh, no, it exactly, but it kind of felt like how um, a live action Coraline would have went. Like Yeah. the atmosphere, the vibe, Like the cinematography the of it. yeah. Mm -hmm. Some of the shots were really cool. I mean, But um, I kind of like the ending too, though. yeah. How it just kind of like, abruptly, like she's like, "You're never gonna get out. You're never gonna get away from me." <laughs> like shit, I was like, oh, damn, just like talk my crippling about trauma. depression. This could need some extensive therapy. Right. Me too. This one, I am actually upset. <laughs> and props to that substitute teacher. Yeah, I don't because get paid. I would not have done that. I would have been like, you're on your own, kid. <laughs> Like peace. yeah, I would have left. That minute he was like, run out, but I'm like, okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wouldn't run to watch it again, but like I liked it. It was new. It It's was different. like a good Halloween movie. Yeah, I did not like the dad. He was a creep the whole. He was an abusive jerk off. I didn't even feel bad for him. Not one Not bit. at all. Not Nope. one bit. <laughs> Not one bit. All right. Are we ready to talk about the Rougarou? Yes, let's talk about it. Let's. The Rougarou, sometimes referred to as the Loup Gru, is a werewolf-like creature stemming from 18th century French Cajun and Louisiana folklore. Loup is the French word for wolf. And Gru also means wolf, but yeah, I don't know why they would put it like that, but okay. Descriptions of what the creature looks like vary, but it is commonly described as large and muscular beasts with charcoal colored fur. The Rougarou has eyes that are said to glow in the dark and long, sharp teeth and nails. You would get a cookie.
I would. Like, come here. Some versions of the legend claim that the Ruguru has a human-like face with a snout, but others state that it has the head of a wolf. Allegedly, the creature can shapeshift into any being that lives in the bayou. According to some of the legends, naughty kids or Catholics who skipped Lent for seven consecutive years would be cursed and turned into a Ruguru. I never skipped Lent, but I was a naughty kid, so... Some claim that the Ruguru is not as violent as other werewolf creatures. Instead, it enjoys destroying property and passing the werewolf curse onto someone else so that it will be cured. The person affected by the curse turns into a Ruguru at night, but when the sun rises, they resume their human form. Others claim that the Ruguru is indeed violent and kills livestock and humans. Hmm. Make up your minds. There is a pamphlet designated for children that read, the legend says that when a person comes into contact with a loop guru and sheds the blood of the beast, the loop guru will then change to its human form and reveal its secret. The victim then mm-hmm. becomes a loop guru for 101 days. If the victim speaks of the encounter to anyone, it becomes a loop guru indefinitely. But if he remains quiet about it, he returns to its human form and continues on with its life. In the legends, the loop guru is said to be someone that the victim knows, such as a jealous former friend. Emily, you're fucked because you're the only one with a jealous former friend here. Yeah, I've got a lot of yeah. It's hard being beautiful. <laughs> yes. I'm good. No, you're not. I am. She's just coming out with stuff so fast tonight. I had that yogurt had a lot of fucking sugar in it. So <laughs> you. Yeah. And then you've had cookies that I made earlier. Yeah, too. I had a lot of cookies. I had candy. I'm gonna have stomach. <laughs> You're gonna bark tonight. <laughs> I might want to prepare myself. <laughs> I'll try not to, but if I do, I don't go to work. <laughs> of course, there are said to be ways that one can protect themselves from becoming a Ruguru. The most obvious being to simply behave yourself. No can do. <laughs> the creature is said to not be very smart, so you can easily trick it. According to the legend, you need 13 small objects such as coins, and you should place them on your doors or windows. The Ruguru will attempt to count them, but it can only count up to 12, so it will be confused. Continue to try count until the sun comes up and it turns back into a human. What is that? Why is that a thing? Why can it only count to 12? That's such a random number. The 12 apostles. Okay. Fair. Also, like with most other werewolf legends, real silver is a deterrent for the Ruguru as well. There have been many alleged Ruguru sightings over the years, however, many of them have been hoaxes or cases of misidentification. There was a sighting in 2016 in Huma, Louisiana, in which a video was posted online of what appeared to be a large dark figure with glowing eyes crawling in a residential neighborhood, but unfortunately we could not find the video. The Ruguru has a bunch of moments in pop culture. Starting in 2008, in an episode of Supernatural titled Metamorphosis, the Winchester brothers hunt down a creature called the Rougarou, which is described as a beast that consumes human flesh. Delicious. When the NBA team, the New Orleans Pelicans, formerly known as the New Orleans Hornets, were trying to decide on a new name, the Rougarous were proposed as an option. That's interesting. In 2012, the reality police show Cajun Justice aired an episode titled A Real Drag, in which the authorities respond to a call from a man who claimed he videotaped the Ruguru at his camp. I'd like to watch that one. Yeah. <laughs> in 2013, Monsters and Mysteries in America released an episode featuring 
a segment on the Ruguru in which they described it as a demon-like world who likes to terrorize children. The Ruguru plays a significant part in the 2014 History Channel show Cryptid, The Swamp Beast, with locals attributing animal attack to the monster. Also in 2014, a novel titled Hagridden was released by a man named Samuel Snoke Brown, which features the Cajun version of the Ruguru legend. Again in 2014, Cedar Point announced plans to remodel the Mantis roller coaster into one called Ruguru, which was set to be open for the 2015 season. Did it get built? Yeah. Where is Cedar Point? Oh, Texas. Oh, no. Oh, I thought it was in New York. A boxer named Regis Progress, who is Creole descent, goes by the name Ruguru. Rot roll. That was really I feel bad. like Scooby Doo when I say that. You should have been Scooby Doo. I wasn't going to buy that costume. I saved lots of money because I. You didn't buy a costume? No, because my haircut was only $100. I thought it was going to be 300 Holy fuck. So, if that was $300, I would have left. <laughs> well, because I got my hair dyed. So I thought it was going to be uh... the $300. Because when I got my hair blonde and I got a cut, it was $300. So I thought, well, I'm getting my hair brown and I'm getting a cut. So, and it was only a hundred dollars. I will dye it for free for you. <laughs> well, she said now my hair should be good because it's like all matched. So. Nice. So I look good. Did you notice any difference? I'm a brown now. Did you do look really nice? I like it. Thanks. Look very beautiful. Louisiana hosts a Rougarou Festival each year where they offer a variety of fun activities, including live music, carnival rides, a costume contest, scavenger hunts, and many other things. It's kind of like the Mothman Festival. In a 2020 episode of NCS New Orleans titled Predators, the team is tasked with investigating the death of a man who was killed while hunting for a Rougarou. The Audubon Zoo has a life-size replica of the Rougarou. How do they know what it fucking look? How do they know? I don't know, but the way that they depicted it, Google a picture of it, because I'm like, I don't know if that's what it looks like, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> Lastly, in the Harry Potter universe, there is a wand that includes the hair of a Rougarou as its magical core. That's oh. the life, like... Yeah. That's real? What? That's what they depicted as looking like. Emmy. Look at me. That's nightmare fuel. That looks like Batman. (laughs) (laughs) We did find some Reddit posts about potential Rougarou experiences. The first was written two years ago by a user named Madame Corleone420. No one of the Rougarou (laughs) came Titled, The Rougarou Knockback. They wrote, I'm really surprised that I haven't read any Rougarou stories on here. If anyone has any or can point me in the direction of one, please send them my way. I have two. One is my own personal story and the other is my stepdad's. To preface, the Rougarou is a supposedly mythical creature who seeks out misbehaving children and or Catholics who fail to follow the rules of Lent. I say supposedly because I truly believe that there are other things out there, including alien, Sasquatch, Rougarou, Loch Ness Monster, etc. It has the body of a human with the head of a werewolf. I like to picture it as a Sasquatch with a werewolf head. Anyway, on to the stories. Both happened in South Louisiana, down the bayou and in the woods. This is my story. It gets very hot down here during the summer. So, to cool off, many of the residents in my town like to enjoy a boat ride down the river for swimming, fishing, or tooting at various sandbars. 
My favorite sandbar was, was about a seven to 10 minute boat ride with maybe 30 feet of sand between the river and the wooden swamps. My sister, my mom, my stepdad, and myself loaded up in a boat and cruised to the sandbar for a late afternoon catfishing trip. It's usually full of boats and people, but it was just us. As the sun is going down, my stepdad is telling his bayou stories and claims he can summon the group through. Out of curiosity, my sister and I gave him the go-ahead. We were both in our 20s, by the way. He takes a piece of driftwood in each hand and knocks them together twice into a loud echoing noise, like fucking Meredith Blake and Parent Trap. Yes. <laughs> she was summoned in the river room. A few seconds go by and maybe 100 feet into the woods, something knocks back. We noped out of there real quick. I don't think I've ever loaded the boat so quickly before. Never tried to knock for the river again, either. This is my stepdad's story. Maybe 10 years ago, he was night fishing and set out some jug lines with one of his buddies. While they waited in the dark for the fish to start nibbling on their bait, they started to tell their body stories. The particular body they stopped to wait in wasn't wide at all, maybe 25 feet with woods and swamp on either side. So my dad tells his buddy that if he hollers for the bayou, the Rougarou will holler back. Stepdad then lets out a rah! As soon as he finished his call, maybe 10 feet into the woods, the loudest rah! came back at him. He and his buddy left the bayou so quickly. They went back to the camp and didn't retreat their drug lines until the following morning. Because of the proximity of the call, the loudest, and the sheer spook factor, my stepdad still refuses to go down to that particular bayou. Ooh. That's okay. cool. The second story is a little wild. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I was <laughs> laughing a little bit when I read it. No offense yes. to Yakru, who was the author. Anyways, uh, they wrote, Growing up on Bayou Tech, deep in Cajun country, I'd heard tales of the Rougarou monster many times. According to those who claim a sighting, the Rougarou is a humanoid wolf-like creature that prowls our small settlement, snatching pets for food and sometimes snatching people too. Story after story of the Rougarou being seen right before he runs deeper into the swamps to hide. Townspeople like to speculate if there could be more than one monster. Growing up in our tired little bayou town, talk of the Rougarou was a constant. I'd heard all the tales but always believed them to be nothing more than a fun story, something told to pass the time and make the long days a bit more interesting. Simply a campfire story that's told deep in the swamps of Louisiana by generations of Cajun French families. I know better now. I was a high school senior nearing graduation when it happened. Few in my town and even fewer in my bloodline had ever left Bayou Tech. The vast majority of those born there also die there. I longed for more, wanted out, and saw college as my ticket to freedom. Much to my family's dismay, I was accepted with a full ride at a state university three hours north. My hard work had finally paid off and I started spending my days dreaming of a life in a future far away from the simple ways of the bayou folk. One lazy afternoon after school, the sun was starting to drop and I was laying back in my pirogue, which is a small flat bottomed boat. I was staring at the clouds, listening to the chatter of the frogs, daydreaming while letting the slow bayou current push me downstream towards home. All of a sudden I jumped up, startled out of my days by a loud splash. I quickly looked at the water around the pirogue, trying to find the telltale ripples that would indicate a gator was close by. Gators often splash around our boats, but they're usually harmless. If we leave them be, they leave us be. Well, for the most part. But this time I saw nothing but flat water. There didn't appear to be any gators nearby. Lots of creatures called the swamp home and I started to relax again, deciding it was probably just a snake dropping from a tree into the water in search of food. But then I heard a fast series of staccato splashes and turned around to find myself face to face with what could only be a rougarou. The water, which was chest high in me, came up to its hips, just below its waist. 
Its arms were abnormally long, misshapen, and hairy, but its face is what caused me to open my mouth and scream. Large, soulful black eyes tucked under hairy ears and over a flat snout with two large yellow canine teeth hanging out of its mouth. The Reaper's hair was colored the browns and reds of the swamp from the muddy brown color of the bayou water to the dark reds of the cypress tree roots. Before the scream could leave my throat, the Reaper clamped its giant hand over my mouth and no sound escaped. It then pushed me to the floor of my probe and pinned me down with its foot. I was terrified, certain that I was being snatched for its dinner, just as in the tales I'd heard all my life. Not gonna lie, I was scared out of my mind. I quickly pissed myself and began to shake it. <laughs> yeah, it gets really crazy here. <laughs> Honestly, I would have already done that when I thought a snake dropped out of a tree, but okay. Mm -hmm. I really wish I could say I fought a, a valiant fight that day, but that's not how it went down. I was unable to move, frozen with fear, and couldn't even begin to fight back. As I lay there pinned down, I'd heard the familiar sound of my backpack zipper being unzipped. Then I felt a shifting weight as I heard the rubberol inhale deeply, one giant loud sniff. Most of my backpack's contents were then strewn around the inside of the probe, landing everywhere. My calculus textbook banged me squarely on the forehead, drawing blood. I heard a crinkling sound of the, as the rubberol suddenly jumped up and leapt into the water with amazing speed and agility. Once it got to the shore, it took off running into the distance and was quickly shrouded by the thick swamp vegetation and was gone. I spent who knows how long just attempting to compose myself. I then rinsed my pants out in the bayou water, trying to wash away both the smell of urine and the shame that I felt in my cowardly reaction. I had finally stopped shaking and started repacking my backpack when I had a realization. There was only one item missing. The Rougarou had taken my favorite study snack, the snack that I was known for always having in my book bag, my extra large sharing size bag of M&Ms. It was <laughs> <laughs> I eventually calmed down and made it home after the sun had set. I let my dad holler at me for being late, and no one noticed the cut on my forehead. After that day, I gave up floating in the bayou alone and never saw the Rougarou again. I went on to graduate high school and moved away from college as I had planned. Getting out of the bayou had been everything that I'd hoped for and more. I go back to visit family once per year, usually around the holidays. When I go home, I still hear the old Rougarou tales being told, but now told to a new generation of Cajun kids. My family has never left the bayou to come visit me, but it's okay. I've come to understand some of the pull the swamp has on them. Aside from getting the story off my chest here, I've never shared what happened that day with a single person, not one. I haven't added my Rougarou encounter to the infamous Bayou Tech Rougarou lore, nor do I plan to. Some stories are best left untold. That and I never eat M&M's anymore. I haven't eaten a single one since that day I shared my bag with the Rougarou. Damn. Honestly, I would have been pissed. <laughs> <laughs> right? Ooh, that was wild. Yeah, that took so many turns that I was not expecting. <laughs> Literally. When she, when she said she pissed herself, though, like, can relate. <laughs> yeah. For my boob through moments, we're going to be reading a story called The Devil of the Marsh by H.B. Marriott Watson. Is this a true story? I don't know. I haven't oh. read it yet. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we'll find out together. <laughs> it's long enough, so... It was night upon dusk when I drew close to the great marsh. And already the white vapors were about, riding across the sunken levels like ghosts in the churchyard. Though I had set forth in a mood of wild delight, I had sobered in the lonely ride across the moor, and now was uneasily alert. As my horse jerked down the gap, grassy slopes that fell away to the jaws of the swamp, I could see thin streams of mist rise slowly, covered like wraiths, above the long rushes, and then, turning gradually more material, go blowing heavily across the flat. The appearance of the place at this desolate hour so remote from human society 
and so darkly significant at evil presences, struck me with a certain wonder that she should have chosen the spot for our meeting. She was a familiar of the Moors, where I had invariably encountered her, but it was like her arrogant caprice to test my devotion by such dreary assignation. The wide and horrid prospect depressed me beyond reason, but the fact of her neighborhood threw me on, and my spirits mounted at the thought that at last she put me in possession of herself. Tethering my horse upon the verge of the swamp, I soon discovered the path that crossed it, and entering struck out boldly for my heart, for the heart. None of this wording makes sense to me. It sounds like they're trying to make it like a like poetic. Yeah. Anyway. The track would have been little used for the reeds which stood high above the level of my eyes upon either side, straggled everywhere across in low arches, through which I dodged and broke my way with some inconvenience and much impatience. A full half hour I was solitary in that wilderness, and when at last a sound other than my own footsteps broke the silence, the dusk had fallen. I was moving very slowly at the time, with a mind half disposed to turn from the melancholy expedition which it seemed to me now must surely be a cruel jest she played upon me. While some reluctance held me, I was suddenly arrested by a hoarse croaking which broke out upon my left, sounding somewhere from the reeds in the black mire. A little further it came again from close at hand, and when I had passed on a few more steps in wonder and perplexity, I heard it for a third time. I stopped and listened, but the marsh was a grave, so, taking the noise for the signal of some raucous trough, I resumed my way. But in a little, the croaking was repeated, and coming quickly to a stand, I pushed the reeds aside and peered into the darkness. I could see nothing, but at the immediate moment of my pause, I thought I detected the sound of some body trailing through the rushes. My distaste for the adventure grew with the suspicion. Had it not been for my delirious infatuation, I had assuredly turned back and ridden home. The ghastly sound pursued me at intervals along the track, until at last, irritated beyond endurance by the sense of this persistent and invisible company, I broke out into a sort of run. This, it seemed, the creature, whatever it was, could not achieve, for I heard no more of it and continued my way in peace. My path at length ran out from among the reeds, upon the smooth flat of which she had spoken, and here my heart quickened and the gloom of the dreadful place lifted. The flat lay in the very center of the marsh. And here and there, in it, a gaunt flush of withered trees rose like a specter against the white mist. At the further end, I fancied some kind of building loomed up, but the fog which had been gathering ever since my entrance upon the passage, passage sailed down upon me at that moment, and the prospect went out with suddenness. As I stood waiting for the clouds to pass, a voice cried out to me from its center. And I saw her next second with bands of mist swirling around her body, come rushing to me from the darkness. She put her long arms around me, and drawing her close, I looked deep into her eyes. Far down in them, it seemed to me, I could discern a mystic laughter dancing in the wells of light. I had the ecstatic sense of nearness to some spirit of fire which won't pass to possess me at her contact. At last, she cried. At last, my beloved, I caressed her. Why, said I, tingled at the nerves. Why have you put this dolorous journey between us? And what mad freak is your presence in this swamp? She uttered her silver laugh and nestled to me again. I am the creature of this place, she answered. This is my home. I have sworn you should behold me in its native sin, or you ravished me away. 
Come then, said I. I have seen, let there be an end to all of this. I know what you are. This march chokes up my heart. God forbid you should spend more of your days here. Come. You're in a haste, she cried. There's so much to learn. Look, my friend, she said. You who know me, what I am. This is my present, and I have inherited its properties. Have you no fear? For answer, I pulled her towards me, and her warm lips drove out the horrid humors of the night. But the swift passage of a flickering mockery over her eyes struck me as a flash of lightning, and I grew chill again. I have the marsh in my blood, she whispered, the marsh in the fog of it. Think or you vow to me, for I am the cloud and the starry moon. A lift and lovely creature, palpable of warm flesh, she lifted her magic face to mine and besought me plaintively with these words. The dews of the nightfall hung on her lashes and seemed to plead with me for her forlorn and solitary flight. Behold, I cried. Richard, devil of the mark, you shall come with me. I have known you from the, on the moors, a roving apparition of beauty. Nothing more I know, nothing more I ask. I care not what this dismissal haunt means, not what these strange and mystic eyes. You have powers and senses above me. Your sphere and habits are as mysterious and incomprehensible as your beauty. But that, I said, is mine, and the world that is mine shall also be yours. She moved her head nearer to me with an antic gesture, and her gleaming eyes glanced up at me with a sudden flash. The similitude, great heavens, of a hooded snake. Starting, I fell away. But at the moment she turned her face and set it fast towards the fog that came rolling in thick volumes over the flat. Noiselessly, the great cloud crept down upon us, and all days and troubles, I watched her, watching it in silence. It was as if she waited some omen of horror, and I too trembled in fear of its coming. Then suddenly out of the night issued the hoarse and hideous croaking I heard upon my passage. I reached out my arm to take her hand, but in an instant the mist broke over us, and I was groping in the vacancy. Something like panic took hold of me, and beating through the blind obscurity, I rushed over the flat calling upon her. In a little the swirl went by, and I perceived upon the margin of the swamp her arm braced as an imperious command. I ran to her, but stopped amazed and shaken by a fearful sight. Low by the dripping reeds crouched a small squat thing in the likeliness of a monstrous hawk coughing and choking in its throat. As I stared, the creature rose upon its legs and disclosed a horrid human resemblance. Its face was white and thin with long black hair, its body gnarled and twisted as with egg of thousands of years. Shaking, it whined in a breathless voice, pointing the skeleton finger at a woman by my side. Your eyes were my guide, it quavered. Do you think after all these years I have no knowledge of your eyes? Lo, is there aught of evil in you I am not instructed in? This is the hell you designed for me, and now you would lead me to a greater? The wretch paused and panting leaned upon a bush while she stood up inside, mocking him with her eyes, and soothing my terror with her soft touch. Here, he cried, turning to me, hear the tales of this woman that you may know her as she is. She is the presence of the marshes, woman or devil I know not. But only that the cruised marsh has crept into our soul, and she herself is the evil spirit. She herself, that lives and grows young and beautiful by it, has full powers of light and chill and slay. I, who was once as you are, have this knowledge. What bones lie deep in this black swamp, who can say but she? She is drained of health, she has drained of mind and of soul. What is between her and her desire that she should not drain also of life? She has made me a double in her help, and now... She would lead me into my solitary pain and go search for another victim. But she shall not, he screamed through his shadow and She shall not. My hell is also hers. She shall not. 
Her smiling, untroubled left his face and turned to me. She put out her arms, swaying towards me, so severed and so great and light glowed in her face that one distraught of superhuman means. I took her into my embrace, and then the madness seized me. Woman or devil, I said, I will go with you. Of what account is this pitiful past? Lighten me even as that wretch, so we only you are with me. She laughed, and disengaging herself, leaned half clinging to me, half towards the coffin creature by the mind. Come, I cried, catching her by the waist. Come. She laughed again, a silver ringing laugh. She moved with me slowly across the flat, where the track started to the portals of the marsh. She laughed and plumped me. But at the edge of the track, I was startled by a shrill, hoarse screaming. And behold, from my very feet, the loathsome creature rose up and wound his long black arms around her, shrieking and crying in his pain. Stooping, I pushed him from her skirts. With one sweep of my arm, drew her across the pathway. As her face passed mine, her eyes were wide and smiling. Then all of a sudden, the stillness enveloped us once more. But ere it descended, I had a glimpse of what contorted figure trembling on the margin. The white face drawn and full of desolate pain. At the sight of an icy shiver ran through me. But then through the yellow gloom, the shadow of a herd darted passing to the further side. I heard the horse cough, a dim noise of a struggle, a swishing sound, a thin cry, and then the sucking of the slime over something in the breakfast. I leapt forward, and once again the fog thinned. I beheld her, woman or devil, standing upon the verge and peering with smiling eyes into the fowl and sickly bog. With a sharp cry from my nerveless soul, I turned and fled down the narrow way from the cruise spot. And as I ran, the thickening fog closed around me, and I heard fall off, far off, and lessening it still, the silver sound of her mocking laughter. That's kind of a mean friend. To lure somebody else with that. Honestly, good for her. <laughs> he probably deserved it. Queen energy. Um. So what do we think of the Rougarou? I'm into it. Do you think he's real? Yeah. I wish he is. But I'm not convinced. No. Those reddits had me a little. I don't know. That statue at the zoo there got me a little. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about the rigor, Remy? Oh, I think it's silly. Yeah. Bobby, did you dress up your dogs as anything for Halloween? No, because they fucking suck. Aww. <laughs> we had like three costumes going for Dwight up here. Because <laughs> we weren't sure which one he was going to want to put on. Well, wait, what were they supposed to be? Um, I, My mom was picking, didn't end up doing anything for Charlie because he's too skittish. Yeah. <clears throat> but Maggie was I supposed to be say he's too fat. Because <laughs> my I had my whole caption picked out. It was going to be spoiler Maggie's the killer in Scream 7. And, <laughs> and just, she's being a little bit since she won't do it. But mm. no, she's a good girl. She's just not doing what I want her to. Yeah. So she's got Me um, to her little, today. She got a little cowgirl hat. She keeps on for like five seconds. So pretty did good. Up. She kept her cowgirl hat on the whole time. But she yeah, literally yeah. would not sit down. Like, listen, she just stood there. And I'm because, like, girl, listen. You can't get mad at her because pretty where she was raised, they did not train her. So like yeah. she doesn't like when we want her to sit, she doesn't understand that we want her to sit down. Whereas Dwight will be like we raised him, so we trained him here. <laughs> and he'll sit if you like if you if he sees a treat, he'll sit and he'll stay there until you give him the treat. Yeah. She was just doing whatever the fuck she wanted to do and <laughs> was living her best life. <laughs> <laughs> 
but she was cowgirl Barbie. Aww. And Dewey was Buzz Lightyear. That was his original costume, but we couldn't get him. We couldn't get it on him all the way because he didn't fucking want to wear it. No, it didn't fit him. It didn't fit him. Homeboy it was too thick. small. Aww. And then we had a Rangers shirt that we were going to put on him, but he didn't want to wear that. So we said no. That. And then we had a um, bandana from Eastern State that was Pep the dog. Okay. Which Pep is like a dog that a was prisoner imprisoned. dog. Yeah. Speaking of Eastern State, that's what we're talking about next week. So that'll be fun. Yeah, I hope everyone had a fun Halloween. That's right. Bobby, tell us about the corn maze. Was that scary, Dairy? Corn maze, it was, it was pretty scary. Did you sacrifice into a chainsaw man? And no, I fucking left everybody. <laughs> like I like Scooby Doo did. I didn't even touch the ground. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> You were like, I got big and scary. But you could tell they had like a bigger budget this year because there was yeah, there was quite a few people in there and then we had went a couple weeks before that we had done like looked at pumpkins there for like carving. And they're like ten dollars, and like the same pumpkins that were there like two weeks later were like twenty two dollars. Damn. Yeah. They were highway robbery. Yeah. What was oh, the theme for it this year? Uh, do you remember what the theme was? Well, I think it was the uh, corn maze. I can't remember. Oh, oh, it was like reptiles, snake, lizard. Oh, I feel like you told me that. Yeah. What are your thoughts on today's topic? Did we miss anything? We would love to hear from you, so please DM us. Don't forget to give us a follow on Facebook and Instagram at boo.busters.podcast. Also, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. While you're at it, tell a friend. Tell them to hop on the Boo Crew train. (laughs) Choo-choo. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. Bye. Peace out.